address this topic. I want to bring light in. You know, this, this, this topic is not very uh, uh, popular like it should, but I think it's important. Go with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 12. And then we're going to read uh, from Matthew chapter 12, verse 22 through 29. Let me find my NIV. Matthew 12. Matthew 12, verse uh, uh, 22 through 29 in the Bible that I read. And then we're going to go to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 13. Okay, so Matthew 12, it says, verses 22 through 29, it says, Then they brought him a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute. And Jesus healed him so that he could both talk and see. All the people were astonished and said, Could this be the son of David? Man, this is so beautiful verses. We could go days out of these verses. But when the Pharisees heard this, they said, quote, It is only by Beelzebub, the prince of demons, that this fella drives out demons. Jesus knew their thoughts. How did Jesus knew the, their thoughts? Yeah. It's through a gift of the Spirit. Remember, don't forget this. Jesus came to minister as a man, indwelled by the Spirit like you and I should be, right? Because if he would have come as God, then Satan would have said, I'm complaining. Satan would have been able to complain because God could have come as God to recover what Adam, man, lost. So Jesus, to be righteous, he had to come as men. That's why he had to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and flow under what? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. He had to flow through with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. But good news, it's available for us now. So how did Jesus knew their thoughts? It's a gift called word, word of knowledge. Words of knowledge, words of science. We, got, we, 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 we thought about that. Did we? Yes. All right. But that's not my subject. But it's a beautiful one. Okay? And Jesus says, uh, Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined. And every city or household divided against itself will not stand. If Satan drives out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then can, the, how then can his kingdom stand? And if I drive out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your people drive them out? So then they will be your judges. But if I drive out demons by the Spirit of the God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or again, how can anyone enter a strong man's house and carry off his possessions unless he first ties up the strong man? Then he can rob his house. Hallelujah. Let's go to Luke. Thir Luke, we're going to read from verse 10. And then I'm going to lay out my arguments. Is that okay? Luke 
13. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you. Very few times I find opposition when I'm preparing for a sermon like I did preparing for this one. And all the time I was preparing for this sermon, this thought popped in my mind. You're not ready to preach this. I say, ha, Satan, like if I didn't know you, you're not ready. Even this morning I told Millie, man, psh, get behind me. Because the thought in my mind was, I don't have enough time to prepare for this topic. Once you know the spiritual world, it's very interesting. So Luke 13, I might say some things that don't sound coherent, but they're going to make sense. Amen. So Luke 13, it says, chapter 10, uh, Luke chapter 13, verse 10 through 17. On a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. What was the reason of her crippledness? A spirit. Folks, look at me. Not, not every physical illness, it's a physical illness, can be caused by an evil spirit. Amen? We have to be aware of this. And it says, She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, quote, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Indignant, because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue ruler said to the people, There are six days for work, so come and be healed on those days, not on the Sabbath. And the Lord answered him, you hypocrites, doesn't each, doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or donkey from the stall and lead, lead it out to give it water? Then should not this woman, underlying these words, because this is key, then, then should not this woman, comma, a daughter of Abraham, comma, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what, from what bound her. When he said this, all of his opponents were humiliated. But the people were delighted with all the wonderful things he was doing. You know what? I want to bring light to this subject of the spiritual warfare. We call it spiritual warfare. It sounds nice. And, 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 and I just want to make sure because of what's coming for the church because of what's coming for the church. I think this topic of spiritual warfare should be addressed in the churches. And I, there's, a, there's a, a few branches of Christianity that are currently addressing the subject of spiritual warfare. And what those two passages or those, these two stories that I read have in common is that people were bound up not because they've been eating the wrong things, but because there was an evil spirit in the midst of that equation. And we, as Westerners, are, uh, have leaned too much on the uh, knowledge side, which is really important. 
but we have denied the power side. There's a lot of things that God came to accomplish through the power of the Spirit. And Satan's number one strategy is to be in the shadows. Meaning that we really don't know what we are up against. When you see the state of the nation and the way our culture is going, it's undeniable that there's a spiritual operation against the United States. It's undeniable. Because, I mean, why it has to be, why, what's the push with abortion? It's an abomination to the Lord. So that's why they push the promotion of this agenda. Why, what's the deal with same-sex marriage? Why? Because the enemy knows that this is anti-Christ. It's an abomination. So what the enemy is doing is, listen carefully to what I'm going to say, is pushing the nation, pushing the nation to a place where God, where, where the nation are, is turning around and turning its back to the Lord. Through how? Disguising, deceitfulness, deceitfulness. It's, an, it's, it's a demonic, it's a satan, satanic operation against our culture and against our youth. So how do we address those things? Preaching is one of them. But the time is coming when we will have to exercise freedom over those people's lives. And this is why we need to be aware of what's going, what's, what's really happening behind closed doors. And this army of Satan called demons are working in different levels to what? To do what? To oppress the people of the nation and also the people of God. Amen. I remember, uh, and we're going to learn about this. I don't know if you're familiar about this. Where I grew up, boy, we had to do this all the time. Why? Because people were ignorant. People by, out of ignorance will say things. And thus, those sayings will open a door for a demonic power to operate in their lives and to bring what? To bring oppression and destruction. John 10.10 10 says, the enemy came but to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. But he's going to have fun in the, in the, in the process. It's not, it's not like a boom, massive heart attack. No, it's like, oh, I'm going to ruin your life, but I'm going to enjoy seeing you going downhill. Amen. So I remember I went to a, I won't say the, the restaurant, but I don't care. It was, a, it was a Little Caesar in Lafayette, but I won't say which one of them were. And so I went, and this, this girl is there in the... In the, in the uh, in the counter. So I'm walking through her. Let me see if there's kids here. There's no kids here. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, these are, these are teenagers. They have to hear these things. So I'm walking to her, and this rarely happened to me. I'm walking to her, and I see her. Pretty girl. Pretty girl. I see her. And as I'm getting close to her, my mind starts 
operating in a way that it doesn't do. It doesn't do. I'm always, and I don't say this because I'm here, but I'm, I'm always compassionate toward people. I'm always wondering, as I approach people, I'm always wondering, I wonder if they're okay. Holy Spirit revealed something to me. Maybe they need prayer. But as I approached this little girl, she probably was 18, my, 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 my mind went through a different direction, which, oh, hold on, what's going on? Because my thought was, oh boy, is she pretty? So see, my, 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 my flesh was kicking in. My point is, what is driving this? Anyways, I get close to her, and I, when I saw her eyes, I say, wait a minute. I saw her eyes. Don't get scared. Don't, don't, don't get scared. There was another set of eyes behind her eyes. If you have ears to hear, hear me. So I knew, okay, this girl had been dealing with something. So I knew what she was dealing by the spirit. Anyways, she, 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 uh, she collects the money, says, pay with my card. The little tablet says, approve. My transaction was approved. She moves her fingers quickly and says, oh, no, no, your, your card didn't went through. I'm thinking, yeah, it went through. I say, yeah, it gave me a message. No, she said, the card didn't went through. I say, okay, I know what's happening now. She's stealing my money. I pay again. And anyway, she allowed me to, gave me the receipt and gave me the pizza. And I went. So I'm thinking, okay, this little girl, as pretty as she is, she's stealing money. And when I saw her eyes, I knew that she was under the influence of a demonic spirit because I could see the eyes of that spirit. See, a lot of times people do things under the influence of an evil spirit, but we don't know. And one of the big, bigger problems we have is that we use our, we try to uh, figure everything out from the perspective of knowledge and medical field and medical explanations. And a lot of those things are, has nothing to do with medical problems. When someone comes to me and tells me, the doctors cannot figure out what's happening with me, alert. How do, how, why not? Because there's nothing physical involved. It's a spiritual thing that is kicking in and taking place. Amen. So what I want you, why, why, what are you talking about, Alan? Why are you talking about this? Because as, as we, the church, move into the world, and as we advance God's agenda, and as we advance the kingdom of God, Jesus says, but if I cast out devils out of the spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is at hand. And, and I believe that the time where we are just... Uh, be, the time of being expectators, it's over. I believe the time for us, church, to be just expectators and to come to church once a week and just to live this Christianity kind of life that is kind of nice and mild, uh, but no effect in it, no power, I think the time is over. The time is over. The time where we are going to advance and to have the Spirit of God do His biddings, is the time that we have a right to. How many of you are excited about that? Three, but that's fine. Four, uh, all of you are. Amen. So I have my points here. Can a Christian have a demon? Who said yes? One, two, 
three? Yes, the answer is the answer is yes. Why? Why can a demon why can a Christian have a demon? Okay, let me give you a quick explanation. Because we are spirit, soul, and body. And when, the, when you receive Christ, if you indeed receive Christ, and this is why I am always going back to this point, I, wanna, I want you to be sure that you are Christ and that you have been sealed with the Spirit of the Lord. That's why when someone tells me, well, are you a Christian? Yeah, why are you a Christian? Well, I grew up in church. Well, my parents were Christians. Well, I was in church all the time. No, 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 no. That doesn't make people a Christian just because you come to church every Sunday. If you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, and if you believe that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you believe in your heart but confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. You folks, make sure you make that prayer. Baptism doesn't make you saved. Doesn't say, baptism, I'm sorry if I go against your theology. Baptism doesn't save you. It's a conscient decision, a cognizant decision that I'm going to give my life to Christ. And I'm going to do my best to live for Him and Him alone. God is a jealous God. He's, he's, not, he's not a sharer in that respect. He's not sharing you with anyone else. He, he's zealous. He wants you, wants you bad. Amen. So if you, are, if you are born again out of the Spirit of God, you are saved. Amen. You have to make sure that you are saved. Hey, how can I know? The Spirit will bear witness that you are saved. Amen. But then we have a soul and then we have a physical body. Three components. Three components. Amen. So, I wrote this. When we give our life to Christ, we start our journey to possess the promised land. Remember Joshua going to the promised land? The promised land was offered to Joshua. The promised land was Joshua's and the Israelites. But what? There, there were uh, uh, squ squanders? Squatters. There were squatters in the land. And what did Joshua and the Israelites had to do? They had to kick him out. Right? Is that a way, nice way to say it? They had to push him away. They had to reclaim. They had to reclaim what God has given. And that is a process that you and I know as a sanctification. We are growing. And the Spirit of God is reclaiming in us our soul and our physical body. And if you came to Christ late like I did, after a sinful life like I had, then you have to work extra in reclaiming because there's a lot of things in my life that I need to get rid of. If not, I'm giving, I, I, Satan has a place in my life. One of the things that I dealt with was alcoholism. But in my family, boy, they, they drink, they drank. And when I was a baby... All of the men's will gather in this. This is Alan with a, how do you call a Pepe? A baby bottle. And my daddy, I love him. He will put a shot of whiskey in my baby bottle. In my, in my, and of course, baby Alan was dancing after a one baby bottle. 
Why? Man, a shot of whiskey make everybody dance. But little they know that they were putting me in a position where that evil that had followed my lines will just easily jump in me. So guess what happened? As I grew up, it developed, it developed, it developed, and I kept sinning. And that sin will open the door for another sin. And I will invite another set of evil. And that will open the door for another. Jesus says, when the evil spirit goes out, he comes back, he, he brings seven worst. Man, I reached a state where seven, I, I don't know how many I had. Then I received the Lord. Guess what happened? I went drinking two days after. Why? Because my spirit has been renewed, but my soul, my mind, my thought process was still contaminated, so to speak. It needed cleansing. And I kept repeating the patterns. What, what did I have to do? I had to stick my head on the word of God. I had to surrender myself with people that were in Christ more mature than I was. And I had to spend time in prayer, seeking God. God, help me, deliver me. There were, there were things that I couldn't control. I don't know if you've been in that place where you feel like, man, I cannot resist this area of my life. I'm so easily defeated in this area of my life. Why? Because it's not only your soul, but there's an evil spirit influencing your thought process, your habits, and things like that. Amen. So a, a Christian can be influenced by an evil spirit on your emotions, your soul, amen, your th thought process, your physical body can also be influenced by an evil spirit. How did he get there? We'll see that. What time is it? Can you? Huh? Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm closing with this. Okay, so... How did this evil spirit found an inroad to my soul and my body? Romans 6.16. Quickly, let's read Romans 6.16. I promise I'm going to close in. I'm going to close quickly. And then we're going to follow up. I'm going to do this one more Sunday probably. But I want you, brothers and sisters, to be aware of this truth. I want you to be aware of this reality. I want you to be aware of what's happening in the spiritual world. Amen. Amen. Romans 6.16, who has it? Romans 6.16, will you read it for me, please? Whoever, whoever wants to read it. Romans 6.16. Amen. Whoever you give yourself as a doulos is the Greek word. You, you decide, listen, you decide to serve. That will be your master. Whoever you decide to serve, or God, or if it's God, God will be your master. If it's something else, that something else will be your master. Right? So it's a decision. It started like this. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to name some things. Listen, I'm just going to name some things that can open the door for an evil spirit to find an inroad to your life. Number one, and we're going to go through this. Habitual sin, S-I-N, sin. 
You know that's wrong. Come on. You know that's wrong. That's why I listen parents. This, this, this might sound, and I'm sorry, this might sound, that's why our teenagers shouldn't be having sexual relationships before marriage. Why? It's sin. What happened? Open a door for the evil one. People got, get married, and before they get married, they have have multiple partners. My friend, that's a big mess, spiritually speaking. And then you don't know why my marriage doesn't work. Of course, it's not going to work. With you, what you need is a bleach, spiritual bleach, to be cleansed. I Listen, parents, don't be afraid to tell your kids, uh, uh, no, come here, my baby. Don't have sexual relationships before marriage. And if you say it long enough, they're going to grasp it. Don't give them the freedom to do that. Because that's sinful. That opens the door for evil things. But I'm Christian. Opens the door for evil things. So when I mean habitual sin, if you know what, the, what you are doing is wrong, don't do it. Because it gets to a point where your soul gets corrupted and you give, you give pleas to the enemy. We took this, the grace message. Grace carries G-R-A-C-E. And we thought, the church, that now we have the freedom to do whatever. But Titus 2 clearly states that what grace is, is the power to overcome sin. You have the ability God-given ability to overcome sin. Don't come to me saying, oh, I, I cannot fight this, Alan. Oh, I, I, there's, I, I, I don't find the strength to do this. Now, wait a minute. Do you have the Spirit of God inside of you? Are you a Christian? Yes, I'm a Christian. You should have the power to overcome sin. You should have the power to overcome sin because the carries, the grace of God is inside of you. Doing what? Enabling you, empowering you to do what? To be a sin overcomer. We're supposed to be the head and not the tail. Okay? I'm getting excited, but I had to quit. Number two. So if sin, watch out sin. It's just a little white lie. Watch out. That's what Satan is going to tell you. It's just a little white lie. It won't bother anyone. It's just a little apple. Just gonna, you're going to be like God. What's wrong with that? Hmm. Or the gossip. Did you hear what? What's, what's the name of the veggie tail one? The, the rumor weed. You, <laughs> did you watch the veggie tail rumor weed? <laughs> I'm the rumor weed. And the rumor weed will call all their neighbors. Did you hear what happened to so-and-so? You see what happened to so-and-so? Gossip, don't do that. Because that's going to lead you to some other things. Amen? And that's the problem. Okay, number two. Occult. Occult. Oh, man, I always get in trouble when I bring this one. But it's true. Occult. And if you take away the O, you have cult. C-U-L-T, cult. Paul says, if anyone preaches a different gospel, let it be accursed. The true and only gospel is this. Jesus Christ died for you. And he is the only way. He is the door 
to God and to salvation. So if, I, if somebody is nice enough, showed up in my door, dressed in black pants and white shirt, inviting me to a meeting where Jesus is not the only God, that's a cult. And I, tell you, I, I can tell it in your face. And if you, give your, if, you, if you give yourself Romans 6 to those things, then you are in agreement with the enemy. He has a right to come into your life and eat you in pieces. Occult, those groups or organizations that proclaim a God. What's the name of the God? Well, I can tell you, I don't know. I cannot speak about those things. God doesn't do things like that. God doesn't do anything in, in, the, in darkness. There's no secrecy in the kingdom of God. All of Jesus' knowledge is laid out for us. How many parables of the kingdom of God are here? So you invite me to a place and you're telling me you cannot speak about these things? I'm telling you, be careful. And then you're going to pledge your family? You're going to pledge your descendants? We're going to get... Generational curses is some of the other things. I can tell you the thing that I struggle with that came to me from my dad, my grandfather, probably his grandfather. We don't think to believe in those things, but this is truth, folks. It's truth. Generational curses. So the occult or the cult or false religions. Okay? I have a good, good friend in, in, in Florida. They are Jehovah Witnesses. So where's Christ in all this mix, Adolfo? No, Christ is not in this mix. Uh, so how do you guys get saved? Well, we have a relationship with the Father. And the Spirit that's supposed to convict me is just a force. I say, that's, that's, not, that's not right. And see, masses of people falling and cancers, and issues, and problems, and here, and there are a lot of things. How not, I mean, turning your back on God. You're turning your back on Jesus. How can he protect you if you don't want him protecting you? Right? Makes sense? Are you still loving me, or No? Yes, look, I'm going to tell you the truth. I tell you, I'm going to be before the Lord one day and say, Father, I told him. I'm told, I told him, Lord. So cults and false religions, there's plenty of cult religions, New Age. You, are you guys aware what New Age is? Whenever you invoke a spirit that is not the Ruach, the Holy Spirit, you're invoking a spirit of the world. It's an evil spirit. It's a demon spirit. And now you are... Hanging out with that spirit. Or the, I, I was so, so sad. I went to uh, TJ Maxx. And they have Ouija. Ouija? That's how you pronounce? Ouija boards for sale. Look at me. Don't ever play with that stuff. Don't ever let your kids mess up with that Ouija board. Because it's an open portal for demons to creep in their lives. Don't ever do that. And I'm as serious as I can be. We deliver people that, what have you done? Well, the only thing I can recount, I played with a Ouija board when I was 15. No wonder. 
And the demon came out squealing and screaming because she didn't know, but that was, that's what Satan uses, our ignorance, to creep in. Now, none of you has these issues here. Why am I telling you about this? Because you are going to be the ones that are going to be face-to-face with people dealing with those stuff. And when the Holy Spirit tells you, it's a Ouija, Ouija board, you will be able to what? Perform deliverance. Hey, I'm getting excited right now. You're not, but I am. Last one, curses. Curses. Just quickly mention this. Curses, rebellion, religion. When I mean religion, it's tradition. Jesus was delivering this lady in the book of Luke, and the, and, and the priest from the synagogue was upset. You have six days to do these things, but then the Sabbath day, when you put tradition over relationship, you are in danger. You are in danger. And Jesus says, hold on a minute, this is a daughter of Abraham. You know what that means? This this gal has a covenant with God. What I have come to do is are his rightful privilege to be healed and to be delivered. I wonder how that lady was 18 years in that church and she never got delivered before. You know why? Because the elders, the deacons, and the pastors were so involved in tradition that they couldn't perceive what the Spirit was all along saying. It's a demon that has her bound. That ain't happening in this church. I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now, you and I, we're going to develop a, a tune for the word of the Spirit. And a boldness in the name of Jesus. To go to the world, and if, even if people come here to say, can I pray for you? Yes. God is showing me this and that. And I don't want to offend you, but you're dealing with this. And boom, healed in the name of Jesus. Boom, delivered in the name of Jesus. And then their friends are going to say, what happened to you? Where did you? Those folks in Palestine Christian Church, man, they're full of God. The power of God moves in that place. I got there and this little lady, she just came to pray for me and she just had, had eye surgery. Some lady named Peggy, she laid hands on me and boom, something happened to me. Amen. I'm prophesying over you. In Jesus' name. Last one. Rebellion, curses, words spoken. I, I'm taking more than my time and some of you are yawning. Fathers, look at me. Don't ever, listen. Don't ever call your son or your daughter something derogatory. Don't you ever do that. Maybe, and, and you're going to find opportunities to do that all the time. But you're so, you're so dumb. Don't ever do that. Mothers and fathers. Grandpas, you have a power, you have an authority given by God to bless that child or, or to curse that child. You better be speaking uplifting things all the time. Amen. You getting excited or not? Substance abuse. What is a substance abuse? Whatever your body doesn't need. Your body doesn't need it. You're sinning. I had a good friend of my in Honduras. 
He says, Alan, I don't know what happened. I, I remember clearly that night, I, was, I passed out. I drank too much, and I fall asleep completely. I parked my car. He was living in Boston at the time. I parked my car right, right on the shoulder, and I fall asleep completely drunk, completely drunk. He says, next day, I wake up, and I went to meet with a friend, and someone was walking alongside me and hit me on the shoulder by accident. And he says that he turned around and he, boom! I said, I had an explosion of anger. And he says, wait a minute, what is happening to me? I, I, I'm, not this, I, I'm not like this. He says, and after that night, I became the most angry, explosive person you ever met. I said, you know what happened. Yeah, I know what happened. He was totally unconscious, and there was a portal open for the enemy to come with a spirit of anger. He has to be the liver of that. None of you deal with, deals with that here, but you're going to find people that does. Amen. Are you excited? I'm closing now. Yeah, I'm closing. Fear. Oh, I, this subject is too wide. Fear, anger, unforgiveness. Those are inroads. For the enemy to find a top horse, a place in your life. Amen? But we're going to kick him out. Say with me. We are going to kick him out in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I want to invite you, friends, and I'm closing. I promise this time I close. There's a dome over, our, over the airs of our communities. There's a... Dome, you know what a dome is, right? Over the years of our, in our communities. That's why the people have such an apathy to the things of God. That's why people have such an apathy to submission to the word of God. That's why people have such a rejection for the life of God and the word of God, the church, and things like that. It's a dome, what built that dome here? I don't know. I think it was a lot of uh, occultism, a lot of cults around our, our neighbors and our communities. And that's why Satan has somehow uh, established something there. When you pray, that's why we're fasting and praying. And I want to invite you to continue into that practice. Fast and pray. That's the only thing that is going to bring a awakening in our congregations, in our communities, and in our nation. Father, I thank you, Lord. Uh, Lord, I did my best, Father. I did my best. I pray for every one of my brothers and sisters in this place. And my petition to you, Lord, is this. Show them, Holy Spirit. If there's areas in their lives where they had conceded a place to the enemy. Father, show them, Father. If there's a place where they have conceded, they have allowed the enemy, Father, to, to, to gain access to their souls and their bodies in the name of Jesus. And Holy Spirit, I ask you to convict them of sin and of righteousness. In the name of Jesus Christ, Father. Father, I pray for the wisdom. I pray for Palestine Christian Church that we won't be the church 
that have a form of godliness but no power at all. We, 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 we don't want to be that church. That's why, Holy Spirit, we ask you, pour yourself over us, Holy Spirit. Individually, in a family level, marriage level, and, and Father, church level, Father, pour yourself, my King, in the name of Jesus. I thank you for, for that, Lord. And in Jesus' name I pray, Father, and I thank you. Amen. Let's prepare for communion.